What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by my main man, Kelly Eco, who covers the Houston Rockets for The Athletic. And we're going to break down one of the biggest off-seasons ahead for the Rockets in a long time. We're going to preview some NBA draft and free agency targets for the Rockets. We'll take a look at K.J. Martin's future coming up and much more. Kelly, appreciate you joining me before... uh, Things get pretty hot here soon, brother. We got the draft up? coming up and What's up, free agency. What's good, my nephew? How you doing, bro? Doing good, man. Staying alive. That's it, bro. You're definitely going to be live, bro. We got, bro, listen, man, we got a lot to get into. And I know the listeners are eager, especially Rockets Nation. I see Rockets Twitter all the time. Uh, they are fired yeah. up in space. Those guys are very, yeah, they're very animated. So, yeah, all the time. Uh, that's why we have to give the people what they want. They want to know what's going on with the draft and free agency. So might as well start with the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, look, if the Rockets keep the fourth pick, there are a few candidates to keep an eye on for that spot. You've got Amon Thompson, you got Asore Thompson, and Cam Whitmore to me. Um, right. From what I've heard, the Rockets will take a serious look at Amon Thompson if uh, with the fourth pick if they keep it. He's considered one of the top defenders in this class, which Houston would welcome. They had the second worst defensive rating in the league last year. Um, And you notice as well as anyone, you've touched on it on the athletic. They've got a mandate to improve this team going into next season after several rebuilding years. And they've got a boatload of cap space to spend this summer. And they're going to pursue a lot of free agents, which we'll touch on. But they're certainly going to gauge trading this pick. Uh, if it makes sense for them. And there's a a win now guy that makes sense. So let's start with part one here. If they keep the pick, brother, and they stay at four, who is your odds-on favorite to be the pick as of now? Assuming, of course, Victor Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are off the board at that point. So if Houston stays at four, um, I think the the best – Way to operate, obviously, is taking the best player available. Now that becomes who do the Rockets think outside of the Webinyama, Scoot Henderson, and Brandon Miller class is the best available. Right now, the, the, the name you hear most frequently is Amen Thompson. I've heard, you know, as much as they believe that the gap between Amen Thompson and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller is actually not as large as people might assume it to be. They think it's actually quite minimal just because of when you look at him in a vacuum, a six, seven athlete, jump out the gym, you know, aggressive defender, quality playmaker, you know, the ability to potentially mesh with, you know, guys like Jalen Green in the backcourt, guys like Kevin Porter Jr. You know, there's real talent, you know, within Amen Thompson. And yeah, this, the shooting concerns are real, but just looking at it from a, a prospect standpoint alone, um, there's a reason why Amen Thompson is a name you hear most frequently. Now, obviously, you still have to consider his brother, Asara Thompson. You still have to consider guys like Cam Whitmore just because of how talented those guys are as individual prospects. But, you know, I'm I'm comfortable saying that they have Amen Thompson in, the, in a bit of a class above, you know, the rest of the guys that you – that you would consider um, in that next tier of, of draft prospects. Okay. And let me ask you this, brother, because, again, you're there, you're on the ground day to day. 
I thought I I thought there was a rumbling out there that Jalen Green wouldn't mind playing with Cam Whitmore. Do you know if there's any truth to that? Because on paper, to me, if that is true, right, it kind of doesn't make a ton of sense because they both need the ball in their hands. Like Cam is a good scorer, you know, he's got a, an NBA physique right away, um, but not really much of a playmaker for others, at least from what we saw at Villanova this past year. Yeah, yeah. So um, as it pertains to Cam Whitmore, you know, you hear a bunch of stuff in these next, and you will hear a bunch of stuff over these next, what, 12 or so days or 10 or so days, but I think Whitmore's, what, catch and shoot numbers, they're, they're pretty solid. His mechanics, they might not be the greatest either, but the Rockets just need talent. You know, you look at this roster over the last two or three seasons, it's a roster that's bereft of talent. Like, they they don't have enough good players on this team. And moving into a summer where you have all this cap space and you have this mandate to improve and you want to be better, you, it's been three years of a rebuild, adding the most talented player makes a lot of sense. And then you can go and get, if you can't find a trade for four, which is probably going to be pretty hard to do, um, you find, you know, things, you find solutions in free agency and you add the best player available, you know, in the draft. But if it's Cam, if it's Amen, if it's Asar, if it's someone else, like, I think they're in a pretty good space to where you can, you know, conceivably outline a summer where you take, a considerable leap just because of the flexibility on your, on your hands and the amount of talent you have, even though it's not as much as you'd like, you still have guys like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Alperen Shengu and Tari's and um, enough of a young core to build around. So if it means adding another guy, you know, with the fourth pick, so be, it. I think they're fine with that. If it means trading it, I think they're fine with that. So they have options. Because you see them at all trying to trade that fourth pick for a guy like a Pascal Siakam or someone along those lines so, that's so, the win-now guy. So the problem with trying to find a trade, as I, as I figured out pretty quickly, is that whoever you trade the number four pick for, you have to be okay with that player taking up a big sum of your, a big chunk of your cap space, right? And it has to also be somebody that's worth sacrificing what the potential of the number four pick could be. So now, question, if you were to say trade four for like someone like you said, Pascal, is that somebody, does he, does he move the needle enough to where if you add a James or something, then you're really cooking with gas? Uh, you know, because Pascal's expensive. You know, you have to find, it's, it's a really difficult task trying to find a suitable trade partner for the number fourth pick that, you know, will be okay with sacrificing potentially half of your available cap space. Like, these dudes are not cheap. If you're bringing on a $25, $30 million player, you aren't, you, you give yourself less room, you know, this summer to, to be flexible and to be aggressive. So that's, that's what I've, I've come to realize in trying to figure out is there a trade out there that makes sense? It's it's pretty difficult. Well, you talk about saving some of that money for James Harden, so we might as well. I mean, look, I think when it comes to the draft, we talked about the three names. They're either going to trade the pick or they're not. Right. Um, and I think you're in agreement that uh, Amon Thompson's the guy. So and when you look at the free agent stuff, 
it begins in it it begins with James Harden first and foremost. So, I mean, it's pretty clear James Harden is Houston's top free agent target. I mean, with that said, there are rumblings that the Rockets don't want to give him a max contract. So, right. for Harden, he's weighing returning home to Houston for family reasons. You have the chance to have veterans join him in free agency as well with all the cap space they have and getting a chance to play with Houston's young core versus having the chance to stay with the MVP and Joel Embiid and an Eastern Conference team that's top four right now is presently constructed. Um, I know you've been asked this a bunch of times over the year about Harden, whether he'll go back or not. But now as we get closer to the draft and free agency, what's your what's your intel on the situation as far as whether he's going to go back to Houston or not at this point, whether it's a percentage or your overall gut. So when you talk to Houston, you know, you get both sides of the equation. You get guys in, in the organization that are pretty confident in him, in him returning. And you get people that are skeptical. They have their doubts. When you talk to people close to James, like his one of ones, there, there are those that say, Yes, he's coming back. And there are those that say, you know, let's wait a minute. When you talk to players on this current Rockets roster, there are players that believe, yes, James is coming back. And there are those that are still skeptical. So the common denominator is James is keeping things very close to his vest because he understands that this offseason for him probably doesn't come around again in terms of this is probably the last time he can make, you know, a substantial amount of money. Now, do I think the Rockets are willing to give him the max? No, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's accurate. You know, they want to add at least three to four veterans. You can't do that conceivably with, with if you're giving James upwards of, you know, $45, 50000000 million. Now, if it comes to a a deal in the range of, you know, 30 to 33, 34. Bingo. I, I could see that. Bingo. Because, so, so, because then you still have enough time to make trades or to go after another marquee guy or marquee guy or two, you know. So, it all comes down to what the Rockets view as the best course of action because, James can't make them sign him, right? So if they don't feel like it's in their best interest as much as they would like to have him, it has to make sense financially. And it has to make sense from a rebuilding standpoint. It's just funny because, you know, you would go talk to people at different months during the year and people would say around the league, Oh, it sounds like it's done. Sounds like it's going to happen early on. Like there was, you know how this is like in years past, like it could be anybody's free agency from when like Gordon Hayward was going to leave Utah. There's always these, these whispers, no matter who it is, right? you know, if they're an, if they're an, a fringe all-star caliber player or above to a star or a superstar, you always hear the rumblings and the buzz, whether it's going to happen or not. You, you heard it a long time with Kevin Durant going to the Knicks, and then that ultimately fell through, and he went across the uh, the bridge to the uh, Brooklyn borough. And so it's always fascinating to me. But, you know, you talk to, 
like you said, look, you talk to Harden's camp, and they'll tell you, look, nothing's obviously nothing's been decided on their part, which respectfully they're going to say no matter what. But there's a lot to weigh here, and I agree with that because to me, you know, depending on the four guys you you talked about, maybe they can bring in whatever veterans. Is that enough to compete right now? I don't know that. At the same time, with Philadelphia, you've got the MVP, the reigning MVP. You got PJ Tucker there, your buddy. Um, you just got a new coach now. I don't know how James Harden feels about Nick Nurse personally. We know that Nick. So, we know that Nick Nurse, and I'll, I'll let you jump on that because I know you. You know, yeah. Nick in, in Houston, but you know, Nick even said it. James has got a decision to make. You know, he'd like him back, but it's James's call. Do you have a read on that from from their time in Houston when Nick was, you know, an RGV guy and um, where that no, relationship I, lies? I, I don't, but I, I do know that uh, Nick Nick was in Houston um, maybe a week and a half ago. He met with um, with uh, Daniel House, but he also met with with James. So, you know. I, I, I know everyone saw the press conference when he talked about, he kind of ducked the question, but um, he said, you know, so James is a winning player and blah, blah, blah. It'd be, he would love to have him in Philadelphia. And when you look at it from a basketball perspective, you know, staying with the MVP and a finals winning head coach makes a lot of sense. But when it comes to James, one thing I realized from being around him for so long is there are things outside of the 48-minute game that motivate him, right? Like his family. He's, a very, he's very big on family. He's very big on giving back to the community. He's very big on, you know, quality of life, you know. There are other things surrounding a potential return to Houston that have nothing to do with Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Alperen Shangun, that people need to realize. And this is what makes this decision so difficult for him, right? Because if you ask me personally, I mean, I think he's coming back, but, you know, I'm not in those rooms. I'm not the one that's putting the money on the table. So that's just, you know, that's just how I feel. But at the end of the day, James always does what he wants to do. He can't be talking to anything. He can't be, you know, he he moves to the beat of his own drum. As much as I've seen any player in the last, well, how many have been covering this game? So clearly, I mean, we've seen the outfits before the game. He definitely toots to his own horn. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you talked about some of the other players on Houston that, you know, would would talk about James whether they think he's coming or not, and. Jabari Smith spoke to my hoops hype colleague Dionysus Aravantinos, um, yeah, and Dionysus asked him about what would be his sales pitch to Harden, and and Smith replied, "Come back home, coming home, yeah." I he, saw that. He, did, he did so much so for that. He did so much for that city. There's still right. so much love for him in Houston. I believe that to be true. It would definitely feel like home for him if he came back. And towards the end of the year. When Houston came to Brooklyn, I was chatting with Jay Sean Tate at, at his locker in the visiting locker room, and right. um, we were just talking about free agency and what the team could look like in general. Um, and for those who don't know, Jay Sean is uh, a guy that Houston extended recently, but also a guy that Rafael Stone is a big fan of, thinks is a good locker room guy, and truthfully- Shout out EJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, his guy EJ Kusnayer, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's- uh, 
certainly uh, his guy for getting that deal done got him paid more when uh, he was going to get the minimum getting that extension done early and whatnot. And so for Jay Sean, uh, he talked about, he, he said to me, I think we have an opportunity to take that next leap uh, next season. You referenced it as well. I feel like the talent that we have is top to none. You put it up against any in the league uh, through all the roster spots. I think that we're a very talented group. We're just missing a few pieces and it'll be fun. Who doesn't want to be part of something that hasn't been done? There are a lot of new faces and a new culture that should be exciting enough for somebody to come here and be a part of it. You also touched yeah. on the weather, you know, the the food, the nightlife, and uh, it's a fun place to be. So interesting. I mean, we'll we'll see how it shapes up and not. I, I just don't think it's as much of a slam dunk yet for Harden. Um, right. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of noise that he can go. It's certainly palpable buzz, but. Um, and it's, all, it's also not, it's also, it shouldn't be seen as Harden or bust if people, you know. Well, that's what we're going to get into because, so, okay, first of all, I'm going to do more rapid fire here because I think I know where you stand on this and you certainly can tell by my tone where I stand on this. Yeah. Um, So like some, if Harden doesn't get, uh, come to Houston, there's some guys that have been thrown out there, some names. I've, you know, Kyrie Irving and and Fred Van Vliet. Personally, I don't see it. I I don't. I I, I The Kyrie stuff? I could see why Kyrie would get linked there. Um, like I know that the Rockets value his talent, certainly, but Dallas has such an incentive to bring him back um, yeah. after the trade and and with Luca, they they need a star after losing Jalen Brunson. You can't uh, to me, you can't let him leave. If yeah, you can't Dallas. let him walk for nothing. Yeah, you look stupid if you do that. And I just think Fred, um, you know, sure, like he, he he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, but. Fred Van Vliet, I think, is going to cost 30 or more million dollars a year. So right. I don't know if you're doing that. Give me your and thoughts you gotta think on of those the two. E-may, the e equation comes into, comes into play, too, because he's going to have a huge say in the guys that he coaches. Mm-hmm. So, Well, know, he was in Brooklyn when Kyrie was there. Right. He was also there when James was there. Yeah. I mean, so. look, I think e would, you know, squeeze the orange with no pulp and get the most out of them. But um, what did you make of those two names? Um, the Kyrie, well, I mean, the Kyrie link makes sense from he's a talented point guard. But when you think of the logistics that would have to go behind that deal, I, I, I'd be shocked if that happened. Um, the Van Vliet thing is more realistic to me than, than Kyrie just because if I say cleaner fit, it, it's kind of a, a loaded term. So I won't say the word cleanest fit, but it just makes more sense if that, if that, if, if I'm saying it correctly, just because, you know, Van Vliet is a bit younger. He is also an NBA champion. He's also a quality playmaker. His defense has kind of regressed in, in, in recent seasons, but, I think under the right guy, he could be reinvigorated. Um, but there are other names besides those three. I, I got one for you. What do you got? Should Should Harden not come to Houston? The Rockets are expected to have interest in Lakers restricted free agent Austin Reeves. I'm told. Yeah, yeah, Reeves and, is a guy they like a lot. And you know, 
I know Rockets fans are having immediate flashbacks of Jeremy Lin poison pill offer sheets. Well, it's going to cost a decent amount to try to pry Austin Reeves from the Los Angeles Lakers who have learned, one would assume, from the Alex Caruso situation. But um, we'll see. I I know certainly we're going to touch on uh, Brooke Lopez has been a prominent name linked with the Rockets as well. And Yep. Um, I'll say this cause I, I'm, I know you've written about it and I'll give you the floor in a sec, but like previously Lopez told me on the record in January that he wanted to resign with Milwaukee and, uh, you know, Bucks general manager, John horse and the organization want him back. I'm told, uh, you know, as we near the draft and free agency, I mean, obviously I get it for Houston. He, um, their interests remain consistent and, Brooke right. Lopez would anchor their defense, stretch the floor, and open up driving lanes for their younger guys. But, um, you know, what what do you make of that, the the Brooke Lopez interest? Do you think it's a reality or uh, a pipe dream? Which, which end of the spectrum is it closer to? Honestly, I think it's closer to a pipe dream just because the Bucks, you know, as you said, have expressed, you know, an intent to re-sign him. They want to keep him around. He makes a lot of sense for that core. Um, the Rockets obviously understand this reality in terms of Houston may not be the most attractive place for Brooke if he's trying to compare um, level of contention and long-term security. So I think they understand that. And that's why all these guys you hear, they're not the end-all be-all targets. Like they have succession plans, right? So if for example, if Brooke were to re-sign with Milwaukee, they would then pivot to guys like Clint Capella. They would pivot to guys like Miles Turner, guys like Christoph Porzingis. There are names that they have, you know, on their on their on their big board or whatever you want to call it, if things don't happen. If and the same goes with, you know, their wing targets. Like they love Cam Johnson, but he's he's restricted. You know, I've heard, you know, that Brooklyn maybe giving him something in the range of hundred million. Like there are things you hear about these guys, even Reeves, like restrictive phrases are tricky. And that's why, you know, if the Lakers are hell bent on keeping Austin Reeves and Brooklyn is hell bent on keeping Cam Johnson, you know, obviously to certain inflection points, but they have other names like Dylan Brooks, like, you know, Josh Hart, like, Kelly Uber, like there are names that you that you hear about. I'd pump the brakes. I would I would more than pump the brakes. I'd slam the brakes on Josh Hart. I fully expect the Knicks. <laughs> well, I already, well, well, I've well, touched, saying, on, I've yeah, touched well, on that with with like Bondi and, and Begley. I, I'm expecting him to get like around four for seventy two or something like yeah. that from the Knicks. And like, so, so I'm only saying guys that that they like. I'm not saying guys oh, that are okay, gonna come, to, come to Houston. Just yeah, I mean, that, you touched on Dylan Brooks. Certainly, I, that's been a yeah. name that's been out there. He would help them defensively. Cam Johnson as well, but again, Brooklyn can can match that offer sheet. You know, do they go? Sure. Do you try to make Brooklyn sweat? You know, like I had previously talked to executives that felt Cam Johnson was worth four years, ninety million. Now, you know, you're gonna have some that think maybe closer four for eighty, and some four for ninety. But four for, uh, excuse me, four for a hundred. But some people, you know, I, I felt like the four for ninety was the sweet spot. So, I don't know if that's uh, Houston's cup of tea. At one right. point, I saw, 
you know, Chris Middleton linked with the Bucks, and I expect Chris Middleton back in a Bucks uniform, given his strong relationship with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just had a huge voice in the hiring of Coach Adrian Griffin and Giannis right. Middleton have been close, along with Drew Holiday. That's one of the few big threes in the league that plays both sides of the ball, might I add. Um, so I guess like, bro, what's your crystal ball? What do you think? Like if you had a peg, like, okay, they're going to come out of free agency with X, Y, and Z. Who you got? I got my crystal ball. Okay. I have James. I have Dylan Brooks. And I have, I don't know who my big man is. Um, if it's not, if it's not going to be Brooke, I'm trying to think who would be out. Wow. That's a tough one. But I would go Capella or Turner. But, I mean, they're not free agents, but that would be my crystal ball. I have heard that the Rockets do like Turner, but obviously you'd have to trade for him. Same thing with Capella. Right. Right. Um, that is the ecosystem, folks. You just heard the forecast here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it, you know. I think uh, certainly they're going to need – they got to make a splash. You know, you can't just uh, yeah. roll over those coupons and uh, take it to Costco. That, that's not what's happening here. I don't yeah, know if you guys sure. have Costco in Houston, but that's our kind of – Yeah, we do. Um, I'm, I'm more of a Sam's Club guy, but yeah, hey, I feel you. There you go. You know, some of us are more big baller brand. You know, I, it's all good. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you are, you're welcome here on the Hoopside Podcast with my man Kelly Eco. Um, another guy we got to touch on. We got to touch on KJ Martin, bro, because yeah. I think – this almost gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, given how many free agents that Houston gets linked to. But there's a big decision to be made here. And the reason for that is because K.J. Martin has a non-guaranteed salary for next season. Um, if the Rockets decline that salary, he, he would be a restricted free agent this summer. If they guarantee the salary, he'd be eligible for unrestricted free agency next summer in 2024. Um, now, I, I did ask K.J. about it at the end of the year when he was with uh, visiting in town with the Rockets in Brooklyn. And I asked him if he thought about it and, you know, maybe an extension possibly depending on what they do with uh, his salary, whether they guarantee it or right. not. And he said, it's always a thought. I know it's my third year. So I know the time is coming up this season. I've been focusing on my game. He said, once Eric Gordon got traded, they moved me into the starting lineup. So I've been focusing on coming in every day game and doing what I'm supposed to do and being consistent. Whenever that time comes to talk extension or whatever it may be, I'll be ready for it. Now, what is the ecosystem forecast for KJ Martin having that salary, which is, I believe it's a minimum, uh, guaranteed or not for next season? You know, KJ is tricky, you know, because when you look at Houston's perspective, they have most of the leverage. Like they don't have to be rushed into anything. Cause if they if they pick up the fourth year, you know, they could always do that and then extend them during the season if they wanted to do that. Because their priority is their 60 million cap space. That's their priority this summer. Bar nothing. Um now if they decline it and he's restricted, then the onus is on the marketplace. Like, where can KJ get that money from? You know, obviously, from what I understand, he would prefer to, you know, get paid now because of the year he's coming off of. And, he, you know, the future is such an unknown. Even though 
you know, the TV deals are, are coming and the cap is going to go up and you could theoretically make more, you know, 2024, you, you never know what could happen, right? So if he wants to get paid now, now the question becomes, can you find, you know, a sign and trade somewhere? Um, you know, there are teams that, a few teams that, you know, that, that have been keeping interest, you know, like, you know, Dallas, the Clippers, Phoenix, there are teams like that, that, that still like KJ, but the real question becomes, can you execute a realistic signing trade? Because, you know, granted, some of the best assets the Rockets have are coming up in 10 days, like the 20th pick and, you know, stuff like that. So, for example, like, the Rockets like Cam Johnson. Could you find out with a trade to get KJ to Brooklyn for like it's it's possible, but you know that's also difficult because Brooklyn has what twenty one, twenty two. You know they have a few of their draft picks down the line, but it's hard. Like those deals are hard to find. So if you ask me, I, I just think that KJ is something that the Rockets will come back to. You know after they deal with their free agency stuff. If there, you know, if there's money left over, then you know they could probably do something there. But I just don't. It's just tricky to to kind of see. I just don't see them giving him the money outright without them having a plan for the rest of their cap space. If that makes sense, like they they have they have huge things to address now, and they have the leverage to still keep him under contract and. You know, they could always just give him a, get, like if he's playing well during the season, they could just extend him during the season, like as opposed to, you know, just trying to see how the market plays itself out. So with KJ, it's really tricky because just the summer is just weird for him. I've always heard if they were going to, if they were going to move him, that they value him as a guy that could bring back a first round pick. So I right. think you got to factor that into the equation as well, which could, could make it tough. Um, I mean, look, if, you guarantee his salary, you can still keep him down the line. It just right. opens up the, the field that yeah. it's yeah. not as, as much of a slam dunk, that you control your destiny. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But we'll round it off, I guess, with this, brother. We've got, obviously, Ime Yudoka coming in. And, right. uh, you know, already touched on it. Uh, you've got Ben Sullivan, Mike Moser, and Garrett Jackson are joining their staff, as reported by Oops Hype. And, Aaron Miles is still a possibility. I've heard he's received interest from the Rockets and the Pelicans, I'm told. So still a possibility there. Um, you see any other shuffling there in the uh, coaching carousel and the assistant coaching deck in Houston? Um, one name that I, I had heard through the wire was Tiago Splitter, but I'm not sure if, that, if that's a reality. Like, that's a I just name. Heard it. I like Tiago. I was I was surprised he wasn't uh, brought back. He's one of Ime's, yeah. He's one of Ime's guys. You know, they 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 work together in Brooklyn. They play together. I I believe they play together in San Antonio. I, I, I had to confirm that, but I know they work together for sure in Brooklyn. Um, he likes him a lot, and you know how Ime is in terms of building his staff. He wants well, to get guys that he knows and works well with. So that's absolutely it. And look, the the, the Spurs tree is. Just like uh, Italians, when they see another Paisan, it's like, oh, we're family, even though you could be like my fourth <laughs> cousin. It's all good. Right. You know, it's like when I see Simone Sandre from La Gazette and everybody, right. you know. So, right. So I'm not saying I'm not saying he's joining, but I'm saying that's a name that I've heard. You know, if, if the Aaron Miles stuff doesn't come to fruition or 
you know, just guys to keep you know, on the back burner. So for sure, definitely keep an eye on. I mean, you can keep them on the back bur- back burner, but I suggest to my listeners and to my readers who are going to be looking at the transcript on hoopsype.com that you put Kelly Eagles coverage of the Rockets on the athletic at the forefront, not the back. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad. I always enjoy having you on. I love talking outside of basketball. I mean, I'm assuming I'll see you at the draft and definitely in Vegas. Um, You're going to be doing a lot of good work. I appreciate you coming down, helping me kind of, preview this offseason it's going to be a potentially transformative one uh yes, for sir. houston so buckle up brother you're going to be busy the next couple of weeks can't wait my man appreciate you joining me and i also want to thank everybody else for tuning in if you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from nba players coaches executives and media members such as kelly eco you can like and subscribe to it on spotify apple podcasts and anywhere else you listen to podcasts you can keep up with my tweets on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Kelly too. He's at Kelly Eco. That's Kelly I-K-O. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best. Hey.